All right. It is Tuesday on Daily Delivery. We've missed about 10 days. Um, Six shows took all of last week off. And obviously the 4th of July holiday. Patrick Royce is here with me. Patrick, they said, you know, take some time off. And I was like, okay, I, I do need to take some time off, burn some, burn some PTO, could use a little vacation. I'm actually taking some more time later this month. Um, but I was like, I'm trying to pick a week that I feel like will be kind of slow. I'm like, okay, we're post NBA draft. We're now we're leading up to the NHL draft. It should be kind of a quiet week. And then it's like the busiest news week of of all last week at the Rudy Gobert trade, which we'll talk about here in a little bit to the wolves. Um, we've got, you know, the big 10 adding USC and UCLA, uh, which is amazing. Kevin Fiala trades like a footnote at this point, twins, you know, Emilio Pagan blew like 18 games last week and still they're somehow three and a half games up in the division. Again, they just, nobody, I don't know. Imagine if they had more of a reliable bullpen, but, we're going to catch up on all those things, Patrick. Um, how you doing today? I am doing just fine. Uh, our, our twins are amazing because even when they win one of the best games of the year, they get a triple play out of ball that uh, Buxton ends up uh, catching up against the wall. It was, you know, it was being advertised as a great catch. It was, I thought he was going to catch it and he did. And then uh, some of the, greatest clown base running of all time. We got White Sox running all over the field. Ends up being the traditional eight to five triple play and first one ever in baseball history. And so uh, that that comes through. But even then, we, we, we still get driven crazy by the fact Rocco hooks Dylan Bundy after five innings, 58 pitches, one run allowed, and then we know that two days from now he's going to be complaining about his bullpen being worn out. So <laughs> we can we can get mad in advance because we know what's coming. But uh, and then they bring in uh, Duran for the tenth inning to uh, after they they put up a four spot at the top of the uh, the tenth inning. Uh, start with the guy at second and. Uh, you know, they had a they had a big inning and uh, and score four runs. They get Duran. Here comes Duran. Okay. He throws three 100, uh, 100, 100, 101 to the first hitter. Three pitches. You're out. Next pitcher, next hitter comes up. They throw him four straight breaking balls. <laughs> and they throw him four straight breaking balls. A.J. Pollock gets a hit. And then, you know, then they ended up getting the tying runs and, you know, the tying run was at the plate and then he struck out Tim Anderson with a bunch of breaking balls, but it drives me nuts. You, you keep throwing a, I don't care what the scouting report is on AJ Pollock. You keep throwing a hundred until somebody hits it. Right. right. Uh, you don't start <clears throat> messing around with breaking balls, but they're, uh, they got their own theories, man. And Dun- Bundy's was obviously, I didn't see a quote from Rocco on this, but I just, cause there was so much happening in the game. I'm sure they didn't get to it, but I'm sure it is. Oh, his uh, numbers are terrible. Uh, third time through the order. So you pull them after 58 pitches and twice through the order. And then you end up having to use Griffin Jacks for two innings and the first inning's good and the second inning's terrible. And then, uh, you know, 
and you know, Griffin Jacks, the only reason they didn't lose the game is because of the triple play and the stupid base running. Right. So uh anyway, it's even when they win and it's one of the best games of the year, and Kirloff gets a big hit and uh and some really good stuff at the plate and Arise gets three more hits and uh even when they win you're left to complain because of the way they use their pitching. Well, uh, it's just drives me nuts. So, uh, and I got like, I got like three emails while I was off um, all of them about, you know, when are you guys going to rip Baldelli? Why, why, when are the strip writers going to get on Rocco Baldelli? It just, we've talked about this before. He is so, He's so polarizing because it, it's it's almost like this paradox where people are driven crazy by him, and they're winning. They, I mean, they're, yes, they're leading. They're, the, they're yes. leading the division again. They've won two division titles in his three seasons. Um, you know, and Bundy, by the way, um, we I, I thought he was cooked, and his last four starts have actually been pretty good. He's only given yes. up now what. Uh, five earned runs in his last 24 innings over four starts. Um, and he can go deeper. What he threw that game against Arizona After where he had 107 eighth, right? pitches. Yeah. I was watching, you know, I'm an elderly man here with a little bit of extra weight on me. And when he, Rocco let him go out for the eighth inning, I almost had a heart attack because that was uh, so unlike them. And uh, yet yesterday it's obviously they go into that game. They think it's a big game and their strategy with the dynamic new pitching coach Pete Mackey is to uh, pull him out, uh, you know, not let him face the White Sox for the third time, and uh, that's that's what they did. I, but the idea that Rocco doesn't get any heat is uh, is another stupid thing. That oh yeah, the, uh, I'd say I'd say for a guy that's successful, he, he's got a lot of heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and not just from fans. I mean. You know, we, we get on him about his pitching changes and stuff like that. And, and guess what? This is all they have an hour meeting before every game with about yes. 12 different people deciding what they're going to do with their pitching that night. So yes. uh, it's not uh, it's not the old days of, uh, you know, the, just Gardy going out and deciding he, he wants to hook a pitcher. It's just it's a new strategy. The only thing that bothers me is okay when you do this, then don't whine on Wednesday that you're out of relief pitchers. That's, right. That's that's my theory. You did this to yourself, so shut up and don't complain. And then you know we saw another example of the stupidity. This Manaya comes over from St. Paul. He throws the ball better than he's throwing. He's got three and a third scoreless while he's here. They got to release him to make room for Trevor McGill. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. He three and a third innings. He pitched 27 pitches through 27 pitches Sunday. So they got to really put him, they got to designate him for assignment. Well, don't use them. You got eight other guys you got seven other guys you don't you don't and he'll be ready to pitch tuesday you don't have to shut him down for days after days because he threw 27 pitches he's a relief pitcher he can throw again tuesday why do you have to designate him for assignment because he threw 27 pitches yesterday so that's why even when they're winning they drive us nuts okay so i, I guess it's 
it's an adjustment to uh it, it's not reality for everybody else though it's reality no. here it's not everybody is treating their pitches like pitchers like no. this Tampa bay does that's about yeah. it yeah yeah anyway take a playcation to mystic lake for 24 7 gaming fun restaurants and bars and luxurious hotel rooms and join club m to bask in the rewards Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I didn't even—I forgot to mention at the jump the West—the West Johnson story too. Oh, yeah. I mean that that happened last week too, just right in the you middle of the that, season. Right? Your you pitching coach, too. your pitching yeah, coach, and they were not happy. They were, they, you know, I bet they, it was all this blah blah blah, you know. But they, you know. Rocco Rocco did say, he says, your immediate reaction was, well, why do you have to leave? You know, why can't you stay till the end of the season? Right. And all Wes Johnson would apparently tell him was, I can't. And uh, uh, I heard from pretty good source that he wanted more security. And uh, but LSU, when they put this big package on the table, wanted him to be there because they the tra- I, I wrote something about this the transfer portal is so huge in college baseball right now sure and these guys are signing up right you know this is yep. when they're getting their commitment <laughs> they just the, the day after he uh the day after he uh you know Left. it became public that he yeah. was going uh he was still here they got some hot shot who was transferring from Vanderbilt and so John Anderson told me that Vanderbilt basically told all their freshmen and sophomores to go into the transfer portal because they're going to go get all 22-year-olds who have played someplace wow. to try to get back on top where they were. You know, they won uh, two national titles and try to – so that's that's the world that is being created in college uh, baseball because I think one thing we don't remember is that you know, we know that you can't, that you didn't have free transfers in basketball and football, but the other sport where you didn't have free transfers was baseball. So yeah. that, you know, and there's like 2000 baseball players in the transfer portal. Wow. <clears throat> so anyway, but I think deep in their hearts, they are very irritated despite all the plaudits they oh. aimed at. They, uh, they are very upset because it just doesn't make any sense that you can't get on Zoom calls on Wednesday morning and talk to the transfers for an hour and then do your duty till October because what are you going to miss? What are you going to miss right. at, at LSU? I think it's something else. I think I think I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe it's you know, you know, he's got teenage daughters. Maybe, uh, maybe the wife said, Hey, get down here. These two little girls are driving me crazy or something. Who knows? You know, I don't sure. have any idea. It's not a family health situation. I know that, but, uh, whatever he did, it's, uh, he will, uh, he will not be remembered kindly. I don't think in the organization for pulling this on him. Oh yeah. I mean, their first place team, I mean, that's just, you know, right in the middle of a basically halfway through a season, Pennant race going on, pitching staff, you know, better this year than it was last year. I mean, if this happens in the middle of last season, um, yeah, I'm sure they're upset, but they're maybe they're not as upset because they're not in a position where they're 
trying to be ultra competitive at that point. I mean, they're, they're hoping they can turn the season around if it's a year ago, but yeah, just, just a strange thing. But I think that the thing that was most eye-opening about it, and you wrote a lot about it and um, we've seen it other, you know, we've seen it written kind of more widespread now is just the, the money disparity that exists, you know, in, in terms of, what he can make in the college game with, you know, mm-hmm. incentives, booster stuff is probably about twice what he's making with the twins, right? Yeah, he's making 400 with the twins, I guess, with everything. And uh, when you, you know, his salary down there is 380, but then there's also a bunch of incentives, but then there's also the donors fund where they get this whole fund that the AD can distribute. And camps you know they make a hundred grand on camps down there and he did by the time he's done 700 is the low end i think it's wow. 700 so people are saying why aren't baseball uh, uh coaches paid more well he's making 400 that's plenty for a a, a coach but uh, yes. uh you know it's not it's it, it's it's the going rate there's some that have been paid more than that but it's not like uh you know it, it, it's not like this is, you know, the twins were lowballing a guy here. There was no way they're going to pay one of their pitching coaches 700000 with his track record. His track record is not fantastic, all right? This whole development that, you know, they, we, we have created this, this pitching department, right? And West yeah. was very big in this day. Well, okay, where the hell are the results, right? Yeah. Isn't a pitching department intended to create young pitchers who arrive by age 24 or 25 and and do good things for you not a bunch of 30 year olds in your bullpen who you put on a disable you put you designate for assignment every time they pitch a scoreless game uh, because they threw too many pitches a bunch of rejects who travel around from one team to another uh you, your bullpen should not be built on on uh on basically journeyman if you've developed this pitching department that uh is is supposed to be creating young arms and really winder's the only one that showed up and he's been on the dl and uh it's uh you know the, the i'd say wes wes's work here was pretty average i would be a little above average but uh not it's not like he's this uh you know he's a genius of biomechanics and stuff like that but the results have not been that great i mean the best the best young one they got was the guy they had to trade for joe ryan i mean that's again you know, that's yes. looking like a very good it looks like a very good trade at this point because it looks like he's got a shot to be you know in the you know middle to top part of the rotation for a lot of years at a at a, at a reasonable cost but that that's the one that stands out as the guy that they've quote unquote developed and he came here pretty much developed right yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what you know. Duran, they got in a trade, and they but they developed him, and that you know, you know, he they developed him as much as you can develop a guy who throws a hundred. Right, it's like okay. developing Byron Buxton. Like, go run, go yeah, run. Right. Yeah, we taught him how to run. Yeah. Anyway, but hey, that was a hell of a ball game last yeah. night. A lot of crazy stuff coming. Joe Kelly, walk, you know, who drilled or. or had the big run in with Correa and the Astros. Oh, yeah, that's right. Years ago, and he hit Bregman and then he taunted Correa. And right. He walked Correa last night. He was terrible. He walked everybody. 
and he gave a he gave up the four run inning, and Larusa got thrown out of the game just because he didn't want to watch Joe Kelly anymore. I think because <laughs> uh, it was the pitches he was complaining about weren't strikes. But uh, anyway, it was a it was a hell of a win, and the White Sox were just coming off a really good road trip, including getting thirteen runs against the Giants on Sunday. So it was a, it was a very entertaining game with with the usual twists and turns because of. Uh, you know, the, the fact that they hooked Bundy after five innings. Well, you mentioned um, Wes Johnson's salary, Patrick. The Timberwolves now have, um, it's not all of theirs, but <clears throat> about $400 million worth of contracts devoted to Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. They will end possessions. T- uh, Tim Connolly, I, m- I still remember his introductory news conference when he got hired <clears throat> said one of the most important things is rebounding, ending possessions. They will end possessions now that they have two seven-footers who presumably will play together quite a bit. Towns now at power forward, Gobert at center. They'll figure out how that all works, but that blockbuster trade, of course, happening last week, the, the sum total was, what, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, the draft pick they just drafted, four first-round picks, a pick swap. I mean, um, everything but the kitchen sink. This is Patrick, I was just thinking about it. This is going to be the kind of trade where we judge and rejudge it like seven different times. Like Gobert will have a great game where we're like, oh, the Wolves killed him in this trade, and then Vanderbilt <laughs> will have a game with 17 rebounds, or Beasley will make eight threes in some game. He'll be like, oh, how could they ever do this? It's going to be that way for the next four or five years. And it's going to be hard. I'm going to think I'm right about this day. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to judge how I think it'd be easier to, to judge if they lost this trade more than if they won this trade. I don't know what's, I don't know what qualifies as winning this trade, but man, I, I, I like it. I like the big swing. It's a lot to give up, but if you're the wolves, what, what else are you going to do? I mean, no, you're not going to get a player of that caliber in free agency. So you got to make swings like this. Uh, well, I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh, I think that I, one thing I read that's pretty good, I saw an observation on this. One of the big reasons for making this trade was to keep Carl Anthony Towns from committing three fouls in the first period yeah, and getting himself in all this foul trouble because, uh, you know, Every time he tries to block a shot early on, he gets called for a foul and then he gets mad and then he gets a charging foul. Right. And then he gets mad because he, he does the same thing the next time down the court to sh- prove to the official he was wrong. And then the official calls another one and that's three and he's gone and sitting on the bench pouting like the baby he is. Well, now you got Rudy and Rudy uh does all the hard work down there he does the block shot blocking he does the rebounding and i don't want towns out there running around just shooting threes and, and being a, a pure wing but i i think that here's the deal you can you can have you can keep delo and let him have people drive by him because you got gobert or block shots if he's down there you got, you know, and you got Towns that should be on the court more at cr- crucial times because he's not in foul trouble. And, you know, the guy, and he's a rebounder, and, and their biggest problem was rebounding. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like, and, and, and you know what else? 
Beasley and Beverly are yeah. addition by subtraction. The hell with either of them. Beverly drives me nuts. I know. You know, he's a he's a idiot. And uh the way he, you know, taunts people and runs around and okay, he helped the defense and the public liked him, but he can't make a shot when it counts. And Beasley's just a dime a dozen shooter. And so I'm you know, and you had, and the fact that you got them to take those two guys because they had to money-wise, you know, right. they had to get rid of some of these salaries yeah. to get up to 38 million or approximately uh, what, whatever Gobert is making. But it, it is a, you know, two years from now when all the dues come and all of all the bills come due with Carl Anthony Towns's new uh, contract and, uh, and, uh, and the whole thing, I, I don't, I think it's like, I think it's like not having Suter and Parisi, isn't it? Someday you got to pay the, you got to pay the piper, right? And yeah, they'll probably be in the luxury tax at some point here with all the with all the contracts they've got. Are but they I mean, going to be? Are they going to be beyond luxury too? Yeah, you know, I mean it's, uh, but but uh, you know it's a, I, I think that, I know Chris Finch probably tells Connolly, you know, our biggest thing is we got to. We got to keep cat in the floor, and we got to rebound, and we got to play defense around the basket, and uh, we got some guys who aren't real great defensively. Then the other thing every I heard and everybody heard is that they really, you know, Utah's their first reaction was you got to give us McDaniel's, and uh, and instead of giving them McDaniel's, they gave them two more number ones. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if they if D'Lo is still here next year which you know the dust has settled from a lot of the stuff in the offseason he's still here lineup of D'Lo, anthony edwards jaden mcdaniels carl anthony towns and rudy gobert uh that's pretty good that's that's an awfully good starting lineup next year if that's if that's your starting five and then you're obviously trusting that some of these guys that you've developed that have played you know more 10th, 11th man, you know, guys are injured, stepping into bigger roles, guys like, you know, Jalen Noel, guys like, you know, Naz Reed still, Jordan McLaughlin. You're kind of counting on those guys to be, you know, to play bigger, to play bigger roles. But, you know, frankly, like Jalen Noel playing um, Malik Beasley minutes, I'm okay with that. Oh, he's better. I'd rather, although he, they, they're, you know, Beasley probably a better defender not a great one but a, a better defender but i really like jalen noel as an offensive player he can get the basket and, and do some things so i i you know i'm not i'm not traumatized over uh really anything they lost we don't know anything about walker kessler but, right uh, but it's uh you know it depends upon you know part of the strategy too mike is that all their draft choices are going to be between 21 and 30, right? That's the hope. I mean, it's, that's the, if if they end up having a lousy year and they give up the sixth overall pick, then all of a sudden you got an issue. So, but the draft choices, the NBA draft amazes me because there's uh, 50 million people playing basketball in this world right so we <laughs> yeah. get them from all over the world yeah and nba draft you make seven picks and then after that people are throwing darts it's yeah. incredible to me that it isn't the deepest greatest draft of all time but it's not they just 
the, the number of difference makers individually in each draft is just not that high. And uh, so, you know, the, the, if, you know, the, this, this trade is based on winning. So the draft choices you're yes. giving up aren't going to be that valuable. So yes. anyway. Yes, that's, that's very true. And it's got to, it's got to work out. I just, I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you, you want to see how this plays out, but Gobert's got the four years left on his contract. You've got Towns secured for a long time now. Obviously, Edwards is going to get expensive here oh. in a couple of years whenever he's going to sign his extension, and that's going to be your big three for the foreseeable future, I would think. I don't know what you do with, you know, do you just let D'Lo expire at this point? I don't know. I, it, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Depends upon the year he has, but I don't think they can trade him, right? You're going to, I mean, you would have to take, I, I, I still don't trust Connolly not to be trying to get rid of him, but sure. To get, you then have to get, who are you going to take? Russell Westbrook? Hell no. no. Right. So, I mean, you, you have to take the money back. It's not like you can get rid of D'Lo and then, you know, I, I think they've decided that. They're going to play him one year, let his contract expire because they can't afford him. And uh, and uh, I, if you let his contract expire, that's off the books, right? Yeah, I mean that's off the books. So then you can then then you can start worrying about paying Edwards, right? And yeah. and McDaniel. So I, I think I think they're going to let him play and let him walk. Yeah, they yeah. might, and that's you know, and you'll get a motivated year out of him because he's going to want to. You know he's playing. He'd be playing for his next contract, so it makes a certain amount of financial sense. It's just interesting to think about that piece of it. Well, Mike, there's no way they can give him a healthy no. extension to go with. No, nothing. they got Gilbert and Towns and, not, and not, Edwards not, is five times more valuable. So uh, not unless you want to become Golden State and pay like four hundred yeah. million dollars a year, including you know tax penalties and stuff like that. Hey, uh, the. Uh, are two guys, you know, who are these new owners who are just these wonderful human beings, Lori and Rodriguez. I believe they still owe Mr. Taylor a billion. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. They got to come up with that billion between yeah. now and 2023. So I'm not sure they want to be paying 150 million in luxury tax. No, too, so, not uh, yet. They want to get, they need to get the new, uh, need to get a new arena before they're going to do any of that. Yeah, that'll be interesting too. Who's, who's going to pay for that? The only hope is to have a casino next to the new arena downtown. Take this St. Anthony. No, what's this? What's the building right next Block, door? Block E. Yeah, yeah, Block E. Turn that into a casino and pay for the new arena. Let's do it. Come on. Yeah, that's where their that's where their practice facility is. So we'll. Uh-huh. We'll see. Interesting time. Come but- over and gamble on who scores the first basket. Sit behind the glass and we can bet <laughs> on who's going to score the first basket in a pickup game. So or something like that. I mean, it's not it's not too far fetched because isn't the, I think the arena in D.C. has a sports book in it. That's what we got to do, man. That's the only place to you know Hennepin County is not going to pay the pay the freight. Minneapolis is not going to pay the freight. Are not going to pay a lot of it, so we gotta we gotta 
we got to uh, make a deal with the tribes here to have a little downtown uh, casino that they get a cut. Everybody gets a cut and we pay for a new arena. And let's go all in on gambling. When we look at our crawls now and they're telling us what the odds are oh, yeah. during the during the games as they change. I think we've gone all in on gambling. Yes. Right? So let's yes. join the party. Yes. Speaking of joining the party before we go, Patrick, um, you looking forward to some of those UCLA Rutgers baseball <laughs> games in uh, early now April? That's, that's the thing. You know, this is fine for football. Fine for football. What about, yeah. the, what, what about the, I mean, that's not fine. I don't endorse it's weird. it. What I'm saying It's is, weird, but it works. It's weird, but it's doable. Yes. But how about the 18 other teams you have to send out there and send around the world to play to play these guys and then you're going to complain about uh well we got to send our uh you know our women's uh what not women's men's whatever you know third rate some team out there for a track and field meet a dual meet or some damn thing i don't that, you know what? This does make it look awful stupid to have dropped men's gymnastics and uh, and what men's tennis and something and indoor track. Really, you're going to be getting a hundred million dollars from Fox Television for uh, for right. this. Yeah, that I'd, I'd like to make this point too. Everybody's congratulating Kevin Warren on his vision. He had as much to do with this as I did. This is ESPN versus Fox. This is ESPN. Okay. We get Oklahoma and Texas and 16, you know, we go to 16 and, and the Fox says, okay, watch our, watch this. And they go get UCLA and Southern Cal for the big 10. Actually that rumor, right. You'd heard it like a year, year and a half ago. And you said, no, right really happened but now you know the the great chip wrote about it uh sunday he's great the the great uh alliance they were gonna make and they're all shaking hands oh, yeah. with each other these guys you know nfl owners and and we we complain about mlp owners and you know disreputable owners of pro teams they're the bastion of honesty compared to these hypocritical college jackasses who are out there selling their souls and putting the screws to all their brethren you know how would you like to be Craig Thompson running the Mountain West Conference now and then knowing that these guys are going to take every penny available from television. And uh, it's uh, it's it's amazing. And uh, this is just uh, I mean, I have accepted the reality of it. Right. But I have no interest in it because this, you know, your gophers enjoy the next two years. Of the West, right? I think we're going to still have the West for two years. This is the Gophers' one chance to gain any prominence because once it's a 16-team league with no divisions, you're going to say, yay, we finished sixth. Wasn't it great? We were sixth in a 16-team league. And now we get to go to, how about these third-rate bowl games now or fourth bowl games when – you now have a conference with, uh, you know, 
UCLA and uh, UCLA, USC and perhaps Oregon and Washington. I think Chip's right. I think we're going to end up with two 20-team leagues. You know damn well that the uh, that the uh, SEC is going to raid the ACC pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Clemson yeah. and Miami and, you know, they'll get Clemson, Miami. And, uh, and I, Phil Knight at Oregon's not going to settle for this. Oregon's going to end up someplace, right? They're not going to be an yeah. orphan out there. So anyway. Oregon a, seems like they would be a good SEC team, but geographically, I mean, it does, does it not matter anymore? Cause they all doesn't matter. Apparently it doesn't matter. It's, I mean, if we can, if we can go put Rutgers and Maryland in with, uh, yeah, that's about with, as far uh, away as you can get. It's that's like a, that's like a six hour. Isn't that like a six hour flight? Mm-hmm. Are they, yeah. We've, we've come a long way since, uh, since the Gophers used to get on the train and go out and play Washington. Uh, once yeah. in a while, and they would, they'd go through Montana. They'd be gone for about a week. Right, <laughs> you know, right. back yeah. in the day. Right, back in the day, uh, they take the train and all get drunk and have a good old party. And I mean, not the players, but the right porters that went with them. And yeah, it's uh, it's uh, unbelievable, and uh, it's just it's it reveals, though, as I said, uh, you know the. The, the true spirit of the next time somebody gets criticizes you for ripping college athletes, big time college athletes, tell them to take a long walk, a walk off a short pier. They have, there's no more purity here no. than, there is than the pros. This is not about the student athlete, as <laughs> yeah, they like to right. say, not about yeah. the student athlete. Although I'm sure some, you know, I'm sure some Big Ten, uh, current Big Ten members, Minnesota athletes, will not mind going out to UCLA oh, and USC no. to play some uh, to play some games, oh, especially. Oh, in the, oh, but how often are you going to play them? Uh, yeah, I mean, the reason you're not going to have divisions is they do not want Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State in a different division than Southern Cal and L and UCLA. Yeah, because. That's part of the, you know, Ohio State will be playing one or the other of those out in L.A. every year, don't you think? Let's just create the haves and the have-not division. Yes, they should. If somebody said this, and it's not a bad idea, to have relegation. <laughs> you know, have two, <laughs> you have two eight-team leagues, and then the, the, you know, one and two from the lessers, moves up in the bottom two yeah. moves down the next year just do it every year you know it actually yeah. would work in college sports it, it, it would, would work, it <laughs> worked better than it does in a lot of other sports because it's you know you don't have yeah. to change stadiums it still means well, something and, and you don't pay you know the reason that the reason the model doesn't work in the united states and soccer is they're paying these franchises right right they're these, right. these these aren't cities that had you know have had soccer teams since 1925 built up and stuff like that. I know they've changed owners and exchanged big dollars to purchase the franchise and stuff, but the, the basis of the franchise is where they started up out of these cities. Right. Well here you're paying, you know, you don't want to pay a $200 million franchise fee to the MLS and then, (laughs) and then get demoted because by somebody else who paid, 20 million or something there. I mean, I mean, 200 million to get a franchise. So it doesn't work here because of our, what we charge 
people to have franchises, but it, it would work in college athletics. It would be great. That would be great. Well, we'll see how that all so, sorts. It would get me up. more excited than, uh, it would get me more excited than going to the, you know, the independence bowl or something oh, yeah. to, to play that last game of the season and decide whether you're going to get relegated. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Do let's do something. Let's, uh, and let's never again, Mike, think you're taking a week off and nothing's going to happen. Oh, that I know. I've got to work in sports anymore. I know. I'm trying to, I think I'm going to take, I'm trying to take the week off of uh, the, the, the all-star game here later this week or later this month too. And I'm sure there'll be 18 other things that happen that week, but Hey, you know what? You got to take, well, all, you got, we got, all we got going at the end of this week, end of this month is the opening of training camp. The, uh, the boy, the, our fellas going into the hall of hall fame. fame. Uh, you know, the, everything else that's going on. It's, uh, it is, uh, it is incredible. Say, I'm, I'm trying to work on a column on this for tomorrow. Okay. You know, Jack Gordon died like two weeks ago. No. You know, the guy that succeeded Ren Blair. Yeah. He lived in town here. He lived in town and boy, huh. they're so busy in sports that, you know, the guy who was a very prominent figure in North Stars history hockey here passed away a couple of weeks ago and we had about a 15 line obit uh, paid obit in the, in the paper and that's uh, he was a quiet guy and, uh, huh. so anyway I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of a couple of people and and what what you know what jack was doing in last year's his life married to his bride for 72 years wow jeez that yeah. is Unbelievable. She must, a, she must have been a saint. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's still alive. So. Wow. Anyway. All righty. All right, sir. Appreciate it. We'll be uh, we'll be back at it next week. Okay, Mike. See you.